Today I'm reading to you from Luke 22, 54 through 62. Then they took him and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed afar off. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were sat down together, Peter sat down among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was with him. But Peter denied, saying, Woman, I know him not. And after a little while another one said, You were also with them. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour after, confidentially affirmed, of a truth this fellow was with him, for he was a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what you are saying. And immediately, while he spoke, the cock crew. And the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. And Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him before the cock crow, You will deny me three times. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. And now I invite you into the temple into near the court of the Sanhedrin where Peter has been shut out and Jesus has been led in to be accused before the Sanhedrin. And this is written in the person of Jesus Christ. It is from an excerpt of a writing called I Was Thinking of You. And I invite you now to enter in to Uh, this place with me. And this is number six in the series of I Was Thinking of You. I saw Peter in the distance, weeping bitterly. He had followed me to the courtyard. When the Roman guards slammed the door shut to the inner court in valiant Peter's face, he sheepishly backed down, close as he could possibly be, He tried to sit down by the fire where a group of people were gathered. He sweated nervously. I could hear his heart beating rapidly as I was being tried before the scribes and Pharisees. He could not be with me as I faced the trial all alone, yet he did not know I was with him. I was thinking of him. As fellow Jews who surrounded the fire looked at him suspiciously, he cast his eyes to the ground. But the fire seemed to be hotter than he remembered a fire could be. The flame seemed to burn into his heart. He felt everyone was staring at him. He leapt to his feet. He felt the eyes of those near him watch his every move, as the eyes of a fly He felt he was being surveyed from every side. He felt that if the eyes of those near him would shut or turn away, that the eyes of the universe would keep staring, the eyes of the stars, of the moon, of the sun, or perhaps all the angels in heaven were penetrating his fearful heart with their stare. Those eyes, he thought, those eyes! He grabbed his head. Why are they staring at me? 
He wanted to scream, Stop it! He silently shouted within himself, Stop looking at me! His voice echoed inside his soul, as if his heart were not an organ at all, but a chamber of eternal weights and balances, decisions and destinies. The eyes seemed to be the jury. The intentions of his heart seemed to be the judge. He is guilty! The eyes of the jury cried, Guilty! The thoughts of his heart screamed, Guilty! I must not forsake him, his mind raced. I must not forsake him. The past three years he had followed Jesus, his Messiah, flashed back before him. He had seen Jesus raise the dead. He was by his side as his Savior said to Lazarus, lying in the grave already four days, Lazarus, come forth. Peter could hardly believe his eyes as Lazarus appeared at the entrance of the tomb, bound and wrapped in grave clothes. Jesus said, help him unwrap his grave clothes. Peter had stepped forward eagerly to help the man who was dead and now lived. Peter had seen him raise the widow's son, heal the lepers, make the lame to get up, carry his bed, and walk. Surely he is the Messiah, the Son of God, Peter said to himself. For he had said to me, Simon, Simon, for that was my name before I became Peter the Rock. Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. And when you are converted, when you have become the rock, strengthen your brethren. But I said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. He had replied, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow this day before you have denied me, not once, but three times, his Messiah had said. Peter replayed every word in his head. I cannot forsake him. Peter tried to steer his conversation to himself straight as an arrow of truth, for I know he would never forsake me. At this point, the thoughts were still swimming in safe water. But now a tidal wave of doubts, lies, half-truths, accusations hit his confused mind, filled with sharks bearing teeth, teeth that thrash the truth in the jaws of hell until the victim wonders if he has ever known God at all. As Peter paced nervously back and forth, back and forth, the fire which usually warmed him seemed to leap and snarl as if a thousand demons were mocking him, sneering, jeering, jabbing, you fool, you followed a failure, and now you too will die with him. The flame seemed to leap out and grab Peter by the throat, choking him. He coughed. He coughed again. He held his own throat as if he felt the noose of accusations encircle him. Peter, one of Jesus the Messiah's closest disciples, 
now his Lord, his Master, his Messiah, inside the inner court of the Sanhedrin was being tried, being accused of blasphemy. Peter, on the outside, was enduring his own trial in the court of Satan as Lucifer sifted, sifted, sifted Peter as one sifts wheat on a threshing floor. Just as Satan sifts you in the trial of philosophies, of issues of lordship, eternal life, and death, what do you believe? The enemy of your soul shouts as a million eyes are staring at the stark naked core of your being. What do you believe? Would you die for what you believe? But I, the Messiah, the Savior of the whole world, had told Peter that I had prayed for him, that his faith would not fail. And I was praying for him then as I am praying for you now. For after all, I was thinking of him as I am thinking of you now. As you wrestle with the lies, the shouts of cynicism, the truth and the deepest intentions of your heart, the most profound beliefs of your soul on trial with the possible penalty of death. Surely he was the Messiah, Peter tried to keep his thoughts on course. Truly he was the Son of God, the Son of David, the righteous Messiah who had come to deliver his people Israel. Yes, Peter concentrated as he paced back and forth, back and forth, his mind now in a wrestling match, truth pitted against lies, truth, his heart said, lies, his brain pulsated in pain, lies, lies, just as lies pound your brain as one wave hits you after another, in your moment of truth, as you pace to and fro, tossed in the wind of the turmoil of the hour, as a riptide of lies attempt to drown you in fear, the shore of faith seems distant, out of reach, when all you have gained might be lost. I am the way, the truth, the life, Peter had heard me say. No one comes to the Father but by me. I and the Father are one. Peter heard me. These are radical statements, yet Peter's eyes were opened. He could see. He had been at the mount when Moses and Elijah appeared, standing with me. Peter had even tried to speak at that moment. But a bright cloud overshadowed us all, and a voice spoke out of the cloud. This is my beloved son. I am very pleased with him. Listen to him. When Peter and the other disciples heard the voice, they were terrified and fell on their faces. Until I touched them and said, do not be afraid. Oh, how Peter wished I could touch him now. How he wished that the heavens would open up and the voice of God would speak into this dark moment. Yet faith is tested in darkness. This was the hour of darkness, and Peter was being sifted like wheat, dividing the grain from the chaff, winnowing the windows of his soul, his beliefs, his secret heart. And yet the fear of being accused, of being brought to death, was a different fear than when the voice spoke out of heaven. This fear brought confusion, guilt, 
condemnation, darkness. The fear of God brought him to his knees. The light was so intense, one had only to be silent, to put his face on the ground. The voices of fear inside his head were anything but silent. And all the while, I, the Messiah, his Lord, his Savior, was praying and thinking of him as the voice of the woman spoke. The servant girl seated near him by the fire who had been examining him closely proclaimed, This man was of Jesus. Woman, I don't know him, Peter lashed back before he even stopped to think. The fear, the lies, the fear, the lies. Peter wanted to run and hide just as you want to hide from your own doubts and fears. You are one of them, another one at the fire called out. Man, I am not, Peter shouted even louder, hoping to drown out the voices in his head. You could hear a pin drop, only the crackling of the fire. No one knew what to say. Peter felt as if he had been backed into a corner with no escape, but surely no one was moving a muscle, and there no walls or barriers to bar his way. An hour passed which seemed like an eternity, when another man whispered, Certainly, this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. The whisper seemed as loud as a tribute's order to a legion of soldiers. Peter grabbed his head and screamed, I don't know him! cock the sound of the rooster seemed to pierce the atmosphere. This same Peter would appear boldly before all of his Jewish brethren on the steps of the temple on the Feast of Shavuot, only 43 days hence, proclaiming boldly the belief in the resurrection of Jesus, the righteous Messiah. But now all eyes were locked on Peter as he buried his face in his hands. He could hide his face, but not his failure. With tears streaming down his face, Peter ran straight into the band of soldiers and leaders of the temple. Peter ran straight into me. I looked at him. Peter could not bear to look at me. Look at me, Peter. Look at me. I love you. I love you before it had come to pass. I told you before it had come to pass that you might believe. The Son of Man, I had said to him, will be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill me, but on the third day I will rise again. As I passed, I prayed he would remember these words. I had said, do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let it be afraid, for I have overcome the world. Believe, Peter, believe. In each step I took towards obedience unto death, death on a cross, I was overcoming the world, darkness, and Satan himself for all time. I wept for Peter, my beloved Peter, as I weep for you, when you have denied me, 
for the times you may still deny me, for the time when the lies wash over the truth to the point of drowning in the sea of your own failure. Though you forsake me, I will not forsake you. It was for Peter, one of my closest followers, I had to continue my journey to the cross. It was for you. I kept walking, shedding drops of blood as I walked. For after all, I was thinking of you, as I'm thinking of you now. I pray for you in your hour of doubt, when you think that the dark night will never end, when dawn breaks to find you denying the very one who died for you, when the rooster of human frailty crows, I am still with you. I have never left you. I died for you because I love you. Tomorrow you will be the living stone to fit perfectly in the building of my church. Believe, believe, for I am praying that your strength will not fail. I pray for you. I love you. I died for you, for I am thinking of you. Father, I praise you and I thank you and I give you glory and honor. Abba, Father, I thank you for your Son, Jesus, the righteous Messiah. I thank you that though I have forsaken you, you have never forsaken me. And I pray for those who have been tossed in the storms of their own doubts and faced with their own failure, that Jesus, their Messiah, their Lord, their Savior, I pray you, Lord God, would come to them and touch their deepest part and let them know that you are forever with them and you are with them now and you love them the same yesterday, today and forever. In Jesus' name I pray, and I thank you, Lord. I thank you. Amen.